Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all my listeners, as I do every time I do one of these podcasts, for um, taking the time to listen to the words of wisdom from our author. And today, joining me from Irvine, California, is David Meltzer. And David is the author of a brand new book called Connected to Goodness, um, Manifest Everything You Desire in Business and Life. It's a top 10 national bestseller in 2015. David, good day to you. How are you? I'm terrific. Thanks so much for having me, Greg. Well, I appreciate having you on Inside Personal Growth and you taking some time um, to talk with my listeners about this really great book, by the way. And I want to let my listeners know just a tad bit about you uh, before we go into the questions about the book. Uh, David is a national top 10 best-selling author. As we said, the book is connected to goodness and the CEO of Sports One Marketing, a firm which he co-founded with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. Uh, Sports One Marketing is a sports and entertainment firm that leverages the $2 billion in relationship capital surrounding the world's largest sporting events. Um, previous and current projects include the Masters Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, ESPYS, uh, Pro Hall, Football Hall of Fame and Unstoppable Foundation, and countless others. David is the CEO of this company. It's a Warren Moon Enterprise, um, and he's been involved in helping people uh, make these contracts. And prior to this, he was the CEO of Lay Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. Um, and among that, he negotiated over $2 billion in sports and entertainment contracts. Uh, also worked on projects such as Jerry Maguire and Any Given Sunday for the Lovers of the Game and HBO. I think that's Arl Money. Is that how you say that? So Arliss, Arliss. Arliss. <laughs> yeah. And for the love of the movie with Jamie Foxx for the for the love of the game. Well, David, you have an amazing book here and an amazing life story as well. And I think your your life story integrated into this is as much as important. And you start the book off about the lessons learned around money, debt, trust, and the death of your stepbrother to HIV. You know, what impact and impression did these early years in law school hold for you? And what advice would you really give our audience around that? Because, you know, it's really a poignant story. Yeah, sure. You know, the, the key message is a real basic one, and it's based off of two things that I grew up with. You know, I had a single mom. Uh, with six kids, five boys, one girl. All of my siblings on the low end of the gene pool ended up in the Ivy Leagues with full scholarships. And what what I realized later on in life that I learned that was most valuable was two things. Gratitude, which is obvious, the thankfulness for everything and everything in your perspective. And then two is a little more confusing with empathy. Uh, I used to think and was taught that uh, I should have sympathy for others and walk in their shoes and Sympathy is a very dangerous thing because you can't feel bad enough for someone to make them feel good. You can't feel sick enough for someone to make them well. You can't be poor enough to make somebody rich. Uh, but empathy is so powerful, and empathy is really forgiveness. And what I was taught at a very young age was to not only be grateful, but to forgive myself. And, and that was so important because we can't give anything that we don't have, number one, and we don't even know what we have until we've given it away. So gratitude and empathy fit so closely together to create one thing in our life, and that's empowerment 
and empowerment allows us to be happy. And that's the main mission, that we all should be happy because happy people create more happy people and create more peace, harmony, and love for everyone. Uh, that's a great message, and it's also a great lesson that you learned from, you know, obviously going through a stepbrother who died from HIV and, you know, trusting, I guess it was your uncle with some money, and he blew it. Um, one of your first mentors was a gentleman by the name of Lou at West Publishing. And and Lou taught you a lot. And some of the lessons that Lou taught you as a young college grad were really around sales and selling. And obviously, you're in a business that's all about building relationships, sales and selling. What is it that Lou, the impact that Lou had on you? You know, he is a remarkable person. He still is. He lives out in Long Island. But, but Lou taught me the ability to uh, get alignment with the client, to what, what consultative sales was all about, which is so powerful in everything I do today. It's, that it's this philosophy of being more interested than interesting. And although I was very young and I didn't understand everything that Lou was teaching me, uh, I, those lessons stuck with me. And as I became more enlightened and more aware, um, as I became more enlightened and more aware, um, it became more obvious the lessons that Lou was trying to teach me of empowerment and alignment, action, and adjustment. So by being more interested and interesting, we would align with the client's needs. We would be able to take action, which would be provide more value than they were anticipating or expecting. And then three, which comes with maturity, prepare for adjustment. And so those are the AAA philosophy that Lou really ingrained in me and it held and stuck with me almost my entire life. And it's still those lessons get more clarity, balance, and focus in my life, even at 47. Yeah, you know, obviously that AAA strategy you referenced throughout the book, but the one of the key elements of your book and you discussed are these interconnected principles, which turn, which in turn you say support the four key elements. And those principles are foundation, guidepost, manifestation, discipline, strategy, understanding, and destination. If you would please for our listeners, because this is really the key heart of this book, is really these these principles, I like you to comment on the principles and the supporting elements, if you would. Absolutely. So to take a step back from those uh, principles and key elements is the number one thing that we have to do to manifest what we desire is to consciously think about what we want. And we have to distinguish between the difference of what we want and what we need and realize that we don't need anything. If we needed anything, we won't be here. And so all of these things that we desire or want, they are things that are okay to have. And what we need to do, though, is learn how to imagine them in order to manifest them. And so I take those first three principles, uh, foundation, guidepost, and manifestation, and take you through those key elements in order to teach you to consciously think about what you want, where when you do that, it becomes a possibility for you, and, and then take that possibility. Let's take, for an example, a Ferrari. If I want a Ferrari, I imagine myself having that Ferrari, and I take and I start imagining how it aligns with my foundation, my personal values, my experiential values, my giving values, and my receiving values. And as I pass and think about, wow, would I really like the Ferrari? Does that align with my personal value? Well, from experience, I've learned that owning a Ferrari is difficult because if you drive it too much, it breaks down. If you drive it too little, it breaks down. And nobody knows what exactly the right amount to drive it is, so it's always broken down and it's expensive. And women look at me like I have uh, some uh, 
deficiencies in my anatomy or whatever your personal values are. And then if the Ferrari isn't aligned with what you want, then you start imagining something different and make that the possibility for you, maybe a Chevy Volt. Uh, you know, and, and then I take my Chevy Volt and I go through my foundations and I say, yes, it's aligned with my personal values experiential values, am I giving values, and I receiving values. And then next we take it up to the guidepost as it passes our foundational principle, and the guideposts are clarity, balance, and focus. And the fourth key element is confidence. And it's really what I call the zone, it's what, how, and what I've learned from the athletes that we've represented in the past, and even my partner Warren Moon, and even from my own experience of playing uh, a less level of sports, We've all been in the zone where we can hit 25 shots in a row, where we're playing golf and the hole looks 16 feet wide to us. We can't miss a putt. And that's created by clarity, balance, and focus. So we need to imagine things with this clarity, balance, and focus. And when we feel confident, we now can manifest what we want as a principle. And we think about all of those different key elements that utilize manifestation, our kind value index, and the, and the, and the Ben Franklin effect of giving more to the universe than we receive, excuse me. And what happens when we utilize the manifestation principle is we become inspired. And so we have this possibility of what we're imagining, and when we become inspired, we connect to goodness, God, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, 12th man, whatever, whatever, you know, is aligned with your belief system. It doesn't matter. I call it my 12th man. And uh, I, I am now inspired, and my possibility becomes a probability. Mm-hmm. And that probability now is where most people that are spiritual or woo-woo fall down is they think, like in the movie The Secret, that it's enough to sit there in your couch and dream about having that Ferrari or Chevy Bolt, but it's not. Now you have to take action. And those action principles, as you stated, you have the principle of discipline and talking about the key elements of habits and how habits are the combination and the integration of skills, desire, and knowledge. And we have to have the right habits to do what we need to do. And once we have all the disciplines in our lives, the time, these and these habits, we then move on into strategy and understanding that knowledge is power and all the different other key elements of that strategy that we utilize in the efficiencies of being the power of 64, where we can have 64 hours of production a day, eight hours we make into 16 hours of work, twice as efficient makes it 32, and then twice the statistically successful makes it 64 hours. And then once we utilize the strategy principle, we move forward with our action with awareness or understanding as our principle. And this is basically the key elements of abundance and understanding and being aware of that which is around you to get out of your own way, attract things to you. And I used to at a young age think that I could overcome all these obstacles, back then sell, oversell, utilize my communication and effective communication so that I could convince anyone to share a vision with me. Now I have a completely different understanding of the universe that it's my job to put as much energy, positive energy out into the universe and not create the obstacles for me to overcome, but manifest no resistance, no obstacles, no voids, and no shortages in my life so that when that happens, I now have my perspective. And my perspective is my reality. So I give you a formula, and that's our destination. I give you a formula to take and consciously think about what you want, and that's a possibility. Become inspired, and now becomes a probability, and then actually make it your reality. And these seven principles are utilized with four pragmatic key elements. So, you know, being a businessman who became spiritual, not a spiritual person that became a businessman, I'm able to take these pragmatic terms that we've learned from six 
black belt six, you know, sigma six, uh, sorry, sigma black belt systems and things like that, the station selling and spin selling and very pragmatic, big blue type of ideas and utilize that type of philosophy, that pragmatic thinking in order to create principles that apply to the spiritual things that sometimes scare us. And well, so think, let me let me but, ask you this, because obviously, David, um, on a daily basis in your negotiations with sports people and uh, obviously the, the owners of sports teams and however you do that, you are a really centered guy. You have to stay, as you say, connected to goodness. And I think for our listeners, while the seven principles are, you know, uh, the interconnected principles are extremely important, and I think they can find that, what is it that you do on a daily basis to make sure that you're centered on staying connected to source, connected to goodness? What are some of the practices that you personally have? Well, number number one is to say thank you before I go to bed and, and when I wake up. So we're launching April 1st, the Meltzer Edition, the 30-day challenge of getting as many people as we can to say thank you before they go to bed and when they wake up for 30 straight days. Mm-hmm. What happens if you do anything, and we talk about that in the key element of creating habits, is it becomes part of our subconscious. And once gratitude is part of our subconscious, we are able and empowered to stay connected to goodness or source or God as much as we can. And so that challenge uh, is one of the keys. Secondly, it's meditation. Many men and women in my position in high competitive business don't take time to reflect. And whatever that peaceful moment that you need, I highly encourage everyone to take at least 20 minutes a day to exercise. I know that everyone says we have to play 60 program and we need to exercise 60 minutes every day. I think it's even more important uh, to exercise, as John Asaroff has so cleverly coined the phrase. We need to meditate, be at peace, be one with ourselves in order to stay connected to goodness and stay clear, balanced, and focused in the day. It, it sets us off in the right path by having this exercise. It allows us to be more aware, more capable, and more connected. Mm-hmm. So, and I agree with you, the meditation portion is a definite way to make that connection with higher spirit, with source, with Allah, with Buddha, whatever your particular is. And I have a total belief in that, and I and I do it daily, as I know that you do. Now, you speak with our audience, if you would, because you were talking about it a little bit, identifying and prioritizing our values to build the foundation that you were mentioning creates this clarity, balance, and focus with confidence. Tell us, number one, how important that is because values we know are so important and setting those values so that we can stay in alignment and create that clarity, balance, and focus. What would you tell our audience about that? You know, this so important, the two things. Number one, to know what you want, to take the time, meditate, to be at peace, to really think about what you want. Just don't go through your day. Just don't go through all the, the, the actions and go through your day without any purpose or fulfillment. Think about what you want and desire. And then two, once you do that, you consciously make it a possibility. It's so important to make sure what you're thinking about you want, you run it through your number one, your personal values, you know, how it's going to affect my health and my love and my character and my integrity. Whatever your personal values are, you have to do a personal inventory. And I suggest writing it out and say, these are my personal values. This is David Meltzer, author. This is his values. When I write it down about myself, 
to make sure that I know what I stand for. And I'd rather have people hate me for who I am than love me for who I'm not. And if I know my values, I'm able to keep my ideas and people around me aligned with my values, those personal values. Two, what in my experience values? What have I learned from schools, from people, from the Lou Lombardi's of our, our, our lives? These mentors, and I encourage everyone to have three mentors at all times, people that have surrounded themselves with the circumstances that you want for yourself, and it will accelerate your ability to manifest what you want. And then two, three, uh, the most important, the giving values. Mm-hmm. Really know what you want to give. Like, really think about what those values are and how important it is and who you want to give to. And then finally, just as important, believe it or not, to keep in the flow of the universe is receiving. Most of us don't have a problem giving because it makes us feel both biochemically and emotionally good. Uh, it's the receiving that we usually have long or shifted energy problems with. And we have to learn. If you want to attract to yourself quickly and, ra- and uh, accurately what you want, you have to understand what your receiving values are. You have to understand what your value to receive is. And so all four of those are critical, combined with knowing what you want in order to manifest everything you desire in life and business. That's a that's a great way to put it. And staying connected to goodness, which this book is all about, is really tuning into uh, basically that source, whatever you want to call it, on a regular basis, and intuitively increasing your ability to intuit and listen and be guided by that. Now, that's the spiritual side, but you also speak to our audience that you refer to these spheres of influence. And you say that with these spheres of influence is how we use this to stay connected to goodness. How do we use those spheres of influence to stay connected to goodness? So we need to surround ourselves by the right people and the right ideas. And as you know from my book, I I went through a journey where I was a striver and then a driver and then a thriver. And then I became an arriver where I lost my gratitude and empathy, just like Justin Bieber or even, um, you know, uh, some of the other great athletes that are having problems or Robin Williams. We lose our gratitude and empathy and we start creating a situation by surrounding ourselves with the wrong people and the wrong ideas, creating self-sabotage and we become divers. And so it's so critical to utilize the spheres of influence in your life, those who are relative to you, in order to manifest what you desire by making those people, people that have surrounded themselves with the circumstances and ideas and people that you desire in your life. And so you need to be hypercritical about the ideas that come into your mind and, you know, uh, it's part of the spheres of influence that we need to cancel the bad ideas and the negativity out of our mind, that negative chatter. And then as far as people, we have to utilize different spheres of influence, not only to manifest for ourselves, but also to help others or align others with our shared vision in a pragmatic sense. Now, one of those things, David, and obviously staying connected is is a really big source, but you mentioned that the true energy that thrives is the energy after you come to an agreement or, as you state, a promise to stay connected to this source. So number one, you're saying you're coming to a promise, like you said, every morning saying thank you, every night saying thank you. That's one way to stay connected. What does it mean in your estimation, because you break this word down, extraordinary in the book, to really be extraordinary? 
you know, that's real simple to me. To truly be extraordinary is to always be more interested than interesting, to provide more than you're receiving. So instead of living below the line and blame, shame, and justification, working towards some sort of angle or strategy about how and what you're going to receive, what we really want to focus in on is how much can I give? How much can I serve? And when we do that, everything, including the hardest and most difficult negotiations, would become impossible. It becomes an impossibility, I should say, to have any obstacle shortages or voice for. So the key to this entire thing is to look within to find the value that I can provide to others and and to the universe. And if I create that vessel for myself by giving so much, it only physically is proven to fill that vessel with even more abundance for myself and be open and ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're staying connected to the source and the energy, and obviously that's a two-way street, right? So you, yeah. your giving part, it isn't just about taking from source, it's about giving back. And one of the things that you're known for is you know, your ability as a giver, and I think that's just so admirable and something that everybody really needs to do. Whether you give of time, talent, or treasure, it doesn't really matter. Giving back is such an important thing. And it is something, actually, that's been proven psychologically and physically for all of my listeners to improve your longevity in life. Um, It's been proven over and over again that to be a giver and to give from your heart and to give with compassion and empathy is important. Now, you state that we must understand the correlation between performance and morale. And I found that interesting. You actually put a little chart in the book and you showed a little arrow in a diagram. Why is that you believe that's so important? I think it is related directly to being connected to source or to goodness. Is that the better we feel, the higher our morale is, the higher our performance is. And so what we want to do, and I, and it's my true belief, and I speak around the world when I ask people, if I could guarantee you to be happy from the time you open your eyes till the time you close your eyes, is that enough? And everyone raises their hand. Now, I don't promise them what type of house they're going to live in, what type of marriage they're going to have. I don't promise them even how healthy they're going to be. But at its core, this feeling good, this happiness that's created by giving and by abundance and by connecting to goodness or God or source, whatever you believe, that is the key to having high morale and high performance. And high performance is really manifesting everything you desire rapidly and accurately. Because if we can manifest whatever we desire rapidly and accurately, it has enormous empowerment, fulfillment, and purpose in our lives. Well, if they understand the interconnected principles we just talked about, the seven that you articulated and the key elements and how they interconnect, they're certainly going to have an understanding about performance and morale uh, in the book. Now, at the end of your book, you talk about a mentor, Lee Steinberg, making a, a comeback. Obviously, he got into alcohol. He had some challenges. How important was Lee in shaping your life? And you mentioned that for our listeners... You need to become a reviver and not a survivor. I love that one. Um, tell us the story. Uh, articulate to the audience, if you would, be, being a reviver and not a survivor. Yeah. It, it, Lee and I attracted each other into our lives. I myself, at the time uh, that I met Lee, was revi- I was going through my stage of reviving. 
I was recreating and going through and utilizing these principles every day to empower myself and others and hopefully even others uh, with gratitude and empathy. And as I was accelerating my manifestation powers, the ability to, you know, attract Lee Steinberg into my life where, you know, I had a young boy wanted to be Jerry Maguire and went to law school and it never quite worked out. And all of a sudden, through all the trials and tribulations I went through, uh, all of a sudden Lee Steinberg I meet and within 48 hours, I am the chief operating officer, and within six months, as CEO. But little did I know when I first met him that Lee was in the stage of surviving, you know, terrible disease of alcoholism. And we needed each other to learn from each other how to revive and, and, and to quickly empower ourselves with gratitude and empathy. And as I you know, went on my path back to achieve success with abundance, Lee crumbled down with self-sabotage and eventually hit rock bottom as I was now reaching the pinnacle or, or the high point, again, you know, writing my first book and all this. But Warren Moon and I, both close friends with Lee, were able to assist him in this empowerment process. And now I'm proud to say he's, as expected, an incredible reviver. He has, you know, big investors and a great uh, firm that not, not only uh, is, a, is a sports agency, but it's a change agency. Lee's primary focus is not to represent just uh, athletes in the NFL and MLB, but primarily he wants to create change in, in the world, significant change, which to me is our pur- purpose and, and my personal mission of empowering others to empower others to be happy. Well, David... If you were going to leave my listeners with a few key points here, and it was really around them empowering themselves, forgiving themselves, and tapping into source, and understanding that these are very important elements, self-forgiveness, finding source, meditation, uh, living a balanced life, all of these things which you've done from for a while, but you obviously went to the extreme other side where you weren't doing any of them and you were living in despair, you were living in depression, you were having some financial troubles. What would you tell our audiences out there that are listening that maybe you're having some issues and you want to pull them up by the bootstraps and they really need to hear something from somebody who's been in both positions? Absolutely. Number one, if you can look up, you can get up. And take my 30-day challenge, the melt mission to be grateful and empathetic by saying thank you before you go to bed. Think thank you before you go to bed. You don't even have to say it. And say thank you when you wake up or think thank you when you wake up. That there will change your life within 30 days. Be aware of all the things that you start attracting to yourself. Surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. Be more interested than interesting and never give up. Know that there's only today in the present and the past is nothing to stumble over and anything that you desire is possible probable and can become your perspective or reality by following these seven principles and their key elements and it will happen faster than you can imagine but everything will come to you in the right way at the perfect time if you stay grateful and empathetic great message uh david i want to thank you for being on with my listeners and sharing your message um about connected to goodness 
uh, manifest everything you desire in business and in life. Uh, we've been speaking with David Meltzer. For my listeners, there'll be uh, links to the website. There'll be links to uh, his website, which is, by the way, www.connectedtogoodness.com. There's also some videos out there on YouTube. Um, you can get uh, David at Twitter at D Meltzer. And the Facebook is facebook.com connected to goodness. David, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and you spending a few minutes with my listeners uh, imparting your words of wisdom around how to live a more balanced, abundant, and peaceful life. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I look forward to coming back. So thank you so much, Greg.